0: I think momentum a lot of times starts first thing in the morning. But what momentum looks like is you doing something, then getting up tomorrow and doing it again, getting up the next day and doing it again, getting up the next day and doing it again. And you do this over and over and over. 10 a.m., we do this. 11 a.m., we do this. 2 p.m., we do this. And I'm constantly tweaking the routine to see how did that feel? How did that work? Would this be a little bit better? But until I know a better option, I'm going to keep doing the stuff I'm currently doing because it keeps me in that flow state. Momentum looks like you keep doing it, you keep doing it, you keep doing it. Hi, I'm Rachel Hollis, and this is my podcast. Hi, guys. It's Rach. Welcome to another episode of the show. And today, we're going to talk about... Well, honestly, I'm going to do my very best to motivate you. I think we have all sorts of guests who come on the show, and they bring their unique special skills and talents and stories and jokes. And hopefully, every guest we have, we're all able to learn a little bit of something. But if there's one thing that I think I'm uniquely qualified to do on this planet, it's motivate people. I I like to think that after, you know, 15 years of trying to figure out how to communicate, how to break things apart and make them understandable to myself and then kind of tell you guys what I've learned along the way. I've got some ideas and as much as I want to talk about all the things here on the show, want to talk about hormones and raising babies and how we could you know have a great summer and what our spiritual beliefs are and just like all of that stuff I dig the hell out of it. I'm so grateful I get to do this for a job. But every once in a while I got to come I got to come in hot. I got to come in with some straight motivation and that is what I am aiming to do today. This conversation is specifically aimed at any of you who are working toward a goal and I'm going to guess that's a fair amount of you. I, I tend to attract people who are trying to work on themselves. They're trying to become a better version of who they were. They're, they're trying to be a little bit better than they were yesterday. And this is for anyone who's trying to work on themselves and feels like they need a little kick in the pants today. I'm going to lovingly kick your butt today with three lies that are keeping you stuck. Three lies that are keeping you in the same place week after week, month after month, year after year. That's what we're talking about today. And I think this one is especially relevant for entrepreneurs. This is especially relevant for anyone who is building a small business, who has a side hustle. Maybe you're building a big business. Maybe you're a leader inside of someone else's organization, but you're working on something challenging and maybe not seeing the results, or you kind of feel like this is all really repetitive and why am I not moving faster? Why am I not moving further? Maybe you're feeling discouraged. These are three things that most of us will tell ourselves at some point. And if you are telling yourselves any of these three things, there's a solid chance that that limiting belief is keeping you where you are. So three things. Here we go. Number one, We're going to start off potentially controversial right here at the top. The lie is pursuing my goal will make me happy. Pursuing my goal will make me happy. Oh, this runs the risk of firing people up because I'm about to say something that is a little bit controversial but is the realest and truest thing that I know. Pursuing a goal does not make you happy. Pursuing a business does not make you happy. Going back to school and getting your PhD does not make you happy. And if you are aiming at a goal, fulfilling your happiness in life, you are always going to miss the mark. Pursuing a goal can bring purpose to your life. Pursuing a goal can change the environment of your life. Pursuing a goal can create all sorts of circumstances that you can find happiness inside of, but the goal itself and the pursuit of the goal itself does not equate happiness. Over the last five years, social media has really swung in the direction of everything being about happiness and living a happy life. And I just want to be happy. And man, if you can figure out a way to be happy, truly happy, 365 days a year, you are the guru. You should definitely start a podcast and you should tell the rest of us how to do it. All of my goals over the last 10 years, let's say, I'm 40 years old, but I didn't really truly start to work on myself. I really didn't start to develop as a human being until about 10 years ago. And I would say every goal that has come after I started to work on myself, my heart, my physical health, my mindset, all of that stuff, all of those goals have made my life better, but none of them were easy. They were incredibly difficult. And when you are pursuing something that is incredibly difficult, like building your own company or breaking cycles of generational trauma, or you decide to go to therapy for the first time and unpack all your childhood shit, even though you are doing something that ultimately is going to be so much better for you, so much better for your kids, so much better for your family or your team or your business, it never feels good. And if it doesn't feel good, it's not like you're going through each and every day happy. And I think that we've gotten this a little bit twisted simply because it looks really good on a graphic on Pinterest. There are incredible happy moments inside of each and every day of my life, but I don't live my life happy. I live my life with purpose. I live my life pursuing joy. I live my life wanting to get to the end of the day and feeling like, okay, damn, girl, you did a good job. We lost it a little bit with the six-year-old. She was kind of pushing your buttons. We're going to work on that again tomorrow. But for most human beings, like most human beings, they're not just going through each and every moment, feeling really pumped up about every choice. And I think that this is particularly dangerous to a younger generation who is being sold this bill of goods, who's being sold the idea that every day of their life is going to feel really good. I don't know anybody who experiences that. Even the people that you see that like bought the van and kitted it out and it's really cute. And now they travel around the country making videos about their van life and like their matcha lattes. And that's beautiful. It's like Instagram porn. I get it. I like watching those videos too, but even those people that you admire and you think their life looks so beautiful, even they are not happy all the time. And I'm hammering this point home because I wonder how many of you keep giving up because it gets hard you keep giving up because it doesn't feel good this is in every age bracket where it's you struggle to hold on to a job you you go into one place and you didn't like that manager you go into this one and and now you're like struggling to pay your bills and you got to ask mom and daddy for help again and you keep like you're you're having such a hard time i think it's because you expect the life you see on social media. And it's just not that all the time. Yes, you achieving a goal that you have set out to achieve should ultimately make you feel great and should raise the elevation of your life so that you get to find yourself in experiences and in communities and with other cool people. That's the kind of life that you see and that you want and that you aspire to. That's something that you get, but the road from here to there sometimes really sucks. I don't think we say this enough. And so I worry that people find themselves in situations that are hard or difficult or crappy. And it's like, oh, I don't really want to do this job, but I gotta, you know, I need to pay my bills. But at the same time, like, I'm not really enjoying this thing. So I'll just stop. Maybe there is a reality where that doesn't exist for you. Maybe you get to go start a farm and live off the land and you don't need, you know, dollars and you don't need the things that most of the rest of society needs. But removing that small percentage of people, I just want you to hear me say that there are always parts of life that are difficult. Going and getting a workout in usually sucks. I don't know anyone who's super freaking pumped about doing that every single time that they do it. But we do it because the result on the other side of it is raising the quality and the standard of our life. Pursuing a business, y'all, pursuing a business when my business made $15,000 a year was freaking hard. Pursuing a business when my business made $250,000 a year, freaking hard a million dollars, $10 million a year, like it doesn't matter what bracket my entrepreneurial career has fallen into, it's always hard. Uh, There's a fantastic old saying that says, new levels, new devils. It doesn't matter what level you get to, you're always going to encounter strife. So if you are going through life right now thinking that it's supposed to be happy and feel good all the time, it's no wonder that you're stalled out. Just accept that some parts of it are not gonna be awesome. Do them until you can level up to a place where you don't have to do that stuff anymore. Or I know we don't like to hear this idea. I know not everybody likes to use sort of um, like negative motivation, but I also think that a lot of the places I've been able to get to in my life are based on the fact that I don't wanna go back to how much it sucked in the past. When I first moved to LA, 18 years old, I worked three jobs, like a lot of you. I worked multiple jobs to be able to make rent. And I know a lot of you are nodding your heads right now because you remember those days where you had to do all sorts of things to make ends meet. And the desire to never go backwards to that place is incredibly powerful. So do what you've got to do for as long as you've got to do it. And if you're in something right now, right? Like if you're in, you know, the beginning stages of starting a business and you invested Too much money in a Facebook ad spend and you didn't really know what you were doing and you lost basically all the money. You lit it on fire and you watched it burn and you're so mad at yourself and you're thinking like, oh, I suck at this. I probably, you know, other people have figured this out or this isn't for me or what. No, bro. This is what you needed to go through so you could understand what you don't want to happen again. Sometimes you are going to have to be uncomfortable in life to be able to get where you want to go. And if you keep obsessing over the idea that you are only supposed to be pursuing happiness, I feel like you're going to stay right here. And by the way, if right where you are is where you are happy, you've literally figured it out. You have figured out the key to life and you should not be listening to me. But what I can tell you is that the goals that I have achieved have made the quality of my life better. I don't have to worry about how I am going to pay for my children to live. As a single mom, I don't have to worry about that. And that's a massive freaking blessing. And that is so lucky that I get to know that. That's so privileged that I get to know that, that that feeling of not having to worry about like a medical bill for my kids or if I wanna take the family on vacation, I can do those things. But understand that the peace of that awareness came at a price. It came at the cost of 20 years of being an entrepreneur to get to this place. getting up to some good since 1877. Look for Quaker Oats at your local grocery store. This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. I was talking to a girlfriend of mine who is also a single mama, who has also built a business, motivating her a little bit of just sort of like, hey, I can tell that you've taken your foot off the gas a bit. I can tell that you're kind of not pursuing this in the way that you were. And as someone who has gone through my own Ups and downs with, like, okay, I'm really gonna do my absolute best. And then I've had seasons where I'm going through personal stuff and I have to sort of pull back. I was checking in on her, like, hey, is everything okay? Is there a reason that you're pulling back? Like, what's going on in in your world? And she was saying, yeah, everything's okay, but, you know, I have teenagers and I'm really hyper aware that they're only here for so many more years. And so I just really wanna be present with them. I totally understand her perspective, and I totally support it. I think it's such a wise choice. You got to do what works for you and your family. But one thing that I did wonder was as she was talking about wanting to make sure that she's present for the teenagers, she was saying, you know, when they were little, that's when I was building the business. That's when I was really building the business and I feel like they didn't get the time with me that they should have and so I just want to make sure that I'm taking care of them. She's like I just want to make sure that I'm with them now in these last few years even if it means that the business suffers. And I really thought about that for a minute cuz you know my oldest is he'll be 17 in January. And I'm hyper aware that he's going to go off to college. He will not be the kid. You know, some kids are like, I'll keep living at home. Not Jackson. Jackson is the second he is legally allowed to like have his own apartment. He's going. Like since he was 12, he's been watching YouTube videos about like kids in college living on their own. He's so excited about it. So I'm hyper aware I've got this time with him. And it started to make me think, oh gosh, like am I doing that? Am I sacrificing this time, you know, with... Jackson, should I sort of be pulling back? And then I realized something. And I know this is true after being a working mom for as long as I've had kids. 16 and a half years I've been a working mom. My kids don't know another world. They literally don't know another world where they don't know a world where mama doesn't work. They don't know a world where mama doesn't travel. I was gone last week speaking, uh, I'm on podcast tour right now, and I was gone in Salt Lake City, and I came home. And I had my oldest son, he had come with us, but my two little ones were at home with my niece. And I walk in the door, and I'm thinking, you know, I've been gone for two days, like these babies about to run in and throw me a ticker tape parade. And they both came over and gave me big hugs, and then they went back to playing. They weren't clingy, they weren't whiny, They were. it is so normal for them. And what it made me think about my friend was the life that my kids are living today, the life that my teenagers are living today is the result of the hours and strife and dedication that I put in when they were toddlers. The life we live today is because of the work That I did 10, 12, 14, 18 years ago. That's the life we're living today, is because of what I did back then. And I don't think that any of my kids sit around and go like, oh, I just wish mom had, you know, been home full time with us the whole. If that meant that we would trade the life that we live today for more time with me when they were little. And I'm positive that there are people listening to this who like get so fired up about that and they're like, that's not true, your kids would always prefer, you know, they'd want you home, they'd want more time. That's incredible, great. I don't think that they would, but even if that were true, I have loved the journey. Me, Rachel. I have loved the purpose that I have found in this life. I have loved working. I have loved figuring out the puzzle of entrepreneurship. I've loved figuring out how to write these books and grow this podcast. I've loved it. It has nourished my soul. So, all of those things culminate in the life that I live today. And I just wanted to say it because if 10 years ago or 12 or 15 years ago, I was trying to pursue only happiness, I would have quit so long ago. And we would not have the life that we have today. So, for whoever needs to hear that today, it's not only about happiness, it's not ever about an existence that feels good 100% of the time. Everything you want. One of my mentors, John Maxwell, told me years ago, sis, everything you want is uphill. Everything good is uphill. All right, the second lie that is keeping you stuck. You just need to get motivated. You just need to get motivated. And I know that this is a lie because (laughs) Y'all ask this question all the time. How do I get motivated? I just want to get motivated. New Year's comes around. Everyone's like, I just want to get motivated. I just need to get motivated. No, you don't. No, you don't. You do not need to get motivated. You need to get momentum. You need to get momentum. Motivation is an external thing. Motivation is not something that will just magically appear every single day of your life and there are hacks and tricks and mindsets that you can use absolutely, freaking lutely and none of them will be as powerful as you getting into a groove or a repetition that you just keep doing over and over and over and over. You don't need motivation, you need momentum. And here's the thing, momentum is not a magical unicorn, fairy princess that you go out into the wilderness and pursue and hope to capture. Momentum is not something you find. Momentum is something you make. You make your momentum. And you make your momentum by doing stuff you don't want to do, but you need to do because you know it's going to get you to the next step. It goes back to the first thing I said today. If you're only trying to pursue happiness, if you think the goal is going to make you happy, it's very easy to quit. Every time it's hard, every time it sucks, every time you don't know what you're doing, you're feeling anxious, you're feeling all these emotions. Every single time that happens, if you quit, you're never gonna find momentum. I I saw this the other day and I wrote it down for you guys. The word motivation, let's go back to motivation for a second. The word motivation comes from the Latin word motivus, which means a moving cause a moving cause. Now we can look at this in two ways. You could say there's incredible motivation in a cause that moves you, in something you are emotionally attached to. Like you believe in this thing. You are motivated because it's a cause that that you feel like, oh my gosh, this really matters. For me, if you can't tell by now, I am very motivated by taking great care of my kids. I grew up in an environment, I'm sure like a lot of you, where there was always scarcity around money. I always, you know, my parents were constantly fighting about it. We never had enough. I grew up with a lot of those old affirmations, you know, we can't afford that, money doesn't grow on trees. All of these beliefs that I didn't understand were permeating my being and really making me have a lot of scarcity beliefs around finances. So part of being an entrepreneur is that I control my own fate. I control my own financial fate. And I have for a very long time for not the beginning of my business, because I didn't really understand. (laughs) I didn't really know what I was doing. But for a long time, I would say at least 10 years, I have known that in a pinch, if I needed to get extra cash, let's say you find yourself in the same place, you're a you own a coffee shop in a small town, you own a trucking company, you're a dishwasher repairman, a plumber. If you're in a pinch and you own a business and you even have half a clue what you're doing, you could make cash Pretty easily, because you know there's some levers that you could pull to generate revenue, right? You could run a sale, you could increase you know your promotional stuff, you could do a partnership with another local business. There's all sorts of things that you could pull a lever on to increase revenue if you needed to in a pinch. As a side note, it's a really powerful technique to ask yourself if I had a gun to my head, if I had to come up with a hundred thousand more dollars, I'm making up a number. What are the things I would do to get there? And then just do those
1: things. It's your time. Join global thought leader, executive producer, and New York Times bestselling author T.D. Jakes and today's leading culture shifters for an experience unlike any other. At the 2024 International Leadership Summit, spiritual and business leaders can gain the practical tools they need to maximize their timing for success. With world-class discussions, breakout sessions, and networking opportunities, this is where your dreams turn into reality. Timing is everything, and your time is now. March 21st through 23rd in Dallas, Texas. Register today at thisisils.org.
0: My point is that being an entrepreneur is something that has always made me feel safe. I know that's not true for every personality type. Some people, the idea of entrepreneurship is terrifying to them because they need the certainty of that paycheck every week. But I actually think, as an entrepreneur... I have way more certainty because I know how to make money. I, you know, I, I hope that my fellow business owners out there, you're nodding your head. You're like, yeah, absolutely. Well, for me, that's incredibly powerful because I grew up in an environment that was scary, that was uncertain. I had a lot of anxiety about food scarcity, financial scarcity, and I never— want my kids to encounter that. Never. I don't I don't want them to know anything about that. And I'm sure that there are entrepreneurial parents who are like, no, I want my kids to know how hard it is. I want my kids to struggle. I want, fantastic. That's great for you and your family. But for me and my family, these kids know about avocado toast and, you know, Target Like they don't know a world where they're watching me struggle to pay bills, and I've worked my ass off to get to a place where that is true. That is my moving cause, right? That is my motivation. That's a thing that like, can kickstart you and make you go. But I love the other way of thinking about the words moving cause: Get moving. Like, literal, physically moving your body. This is where momentum comes into play. Go do the thing. Go do the thing. Right now, I freaking challenge you. Right now, whatever it is you're working on, whatever it is you're trying to pursue, you know the next right thing. What is one thing you could do right now today that would get you closer to your goal? I don't care how insignificant it seems in the grand scheme of life. Are there things right now that you can control that would get you closer? And if you can control those things and they would get you closer and you are not doing them, you're making an excuse. You're latching on to all the reasons why you can't instead of focusing on the things you can do. Momentum looks like you doing that stuff every freaking day. Again, and again, and again, and again. And I do think that sometimes people get a little bananas with the YouTube videos about morning routine. I think that became really popular several years ago. And y'all know I love a morning routine. I have a actual whole brand around start today. Like that's a thing. And there was a reason why I made that brand and why I love it so much. Cause it was all about how you start each day affects how you end each day, how you live each day. Like I'm super passionate about a morning routine, but some of these YouTubers (laughs) are getting crazy. The morning routine's like three hours long. Meditation and the ice bath and the sauna and the workout and the smoothie and the prayer and the bullet journaling and the this and the, are you independently wealthy? Like who, what are you doing? In fact, y'all can just as a, this is just a PS from Auntie Ray Ray. That's what my nieces and nephews call me. Feel free. Uh, just a PS. If you are taking advice from people on the internet who are telling you how to do something, Especially those videos are like how to make a million dollars or how to get into drop shipping or how to just do it doesn't even take much just do a teensy bit of research to make sure that the person you're getting advice from has the ability to give you advice. I did a whole episode about this about like consider the source. It's a quick word episode. It's a couple weeks old. Go back and listen to it that like be careful that you're not getting advice from someone who's real good at making YouTube videos but actually sucks a giant egg when it comes to making money because someone that's telling you to have a morning routine where they meditate for 3 hours which i've literally seen it i think that's beautiful if you want to be a yogi or maybe you're like a spiritual guru or something but if you are a small business owner and you're trying to get a routine that's like gonna help you stay in it it can't take that long This is just tactical advice right now. You want some momentum, get a morning routine that you can do every single day. That's not gonna take you that long to pull off and that you can get into your workflow, that you can get into your tactics, that you can get into the stuff that is actually going to move your stuff forward. Get into that fast. I know people who jump into a morning routine. They're like, wake up, pound some coffee and go. That's not me. I like a slow cup of coffee. If you're on my email list, you saw my email last Sunday. I was talking about this trick that I've had for years, which is a joy list. I keep a joy list on my phone. It's just stuff that makes me really happy and can add joy to my day. Simple hacks. And one of my things is a slow cup of coffee in the morning. I do not want to be rushed in my cup of coffee. So I'm never going to be like one of those entrepreneurs who pounds the coffee and goes but i will get into it pretty fast. i find that like if it takes too long for me to get going, i feel like my best mental energy of the day is done. i think momentum a lot of times starts first thing in the morning. but what momentum looks like is you doing something and then getting up tomorrow and doing it again. getting up the next day and doing it again. getting up the next day and doing it again. and you do this over and over and over. 10 a.m., we do this. 11 a.m., we do this. 2 p.m., we do this. And I'm constantly tweaking the routine to see how did that feel? How did that work? Would this be a little bit better? But until I know a better option, I'm going to keep doing the stuff I'm currently doing because it keeps me in that flow state. Momentum looks like you keep doing it, you keep doing it, you keep doing it. Yeah. I just said that like you guys are sitting in front of me. (laughs) I've been doing these. uh, I'm on podcast tours, so I'm getting to talk to audiences again. And in my brain, you were just like sitting with me. So my bad. The third lie that is keeping you stuck. And this one is more of a mindset shift that I haven't really like clicked into place until very recently. The lie is that you are aiming for short term results. The lie is that when you are working on your goal, that you're looking for short-term results. That is a lie. You are not looking for short-term results. You are looking for short-term wins and long-term results. They are very different. Let me explain. Short-term wins are as you are going through a day, you are experiencing moments of like yes, I did these things. I made traction. I moved the needle a little bit. I checked something off on my momentum track, right? Like I did the things that I needed to do. And you're acknowledging that. By the way, if you are going through each and every day and you're doing all this stuff, but not giving yourself any mental credit for it, why would you feel motivated? What would inspire you about that choice? You want to go through the day stacking up wins, and these can be tiny little things like, you know, I'm going to add some greens to my lunch because I'm really trying to be more intentional about getting great nutrition into my – and I'm not going to make the greatest decisions today, but at the very least, I can add some greens to this or I can add some seeds or I can make sure I take my supplements or – I can have one less espresso shot. Just simple things that you see yourself winning and you acknowledge it. Like, hey, hey, girl, good job. Way to be. Like, we see you working through it. We see you trying your best. This is me talking to me in third person. I know it's weird, but sometimes we have to be our own coach, right? And even me, I do this for a living. I'm coaching myself all day long, every single day. So you're looking for those little wins during the day because the little wins— ultimately stack up to significant gains. But the reason most people will not ever experience the significant gains is because they give up when they don't see big results quickly. You know, if you're looking at media and you're seeing all of these examples of people succeeding, you think that the first time you try something, you should achieve that. Or, hey, I went to the gym four days in a row. I should have six-pack abs. Or, hey, I started this business, but I'm not really making any money. I'm barely breaking even, and I don't understand what's happening. What's happening is the process. You're on the path. You're on the journey. This is what it looks like. But if you're looking for big results quickly, it's going to rob you of all of the drive that you have to put your head down and do the work fantastic example of this that I just experienced in my life. My boyfriend, my beautiful, wonderful boyfriend is in incredible shape. And not only is he in incredible shape, he's very healthy. He cares so much about the nutrition that he takes in, he cares so much about everyone around him, me, the kids. Like He is very passionate about like everyone eating well and taking in good nutrition and getting all the nutrients and all the things, and it's organic. It's a really big deal to him, and he has a beautiful body. I had asked him maybe about three months ago, we were talking about something, and for as long as I have been an adult, I have dreamed about, you probably have heard me talk about having arms that are more defined. And my Irish and Scottish ancestors, like the women in my family, tend to carry um, more fat around our upper arms. That just is what it is. And I've never, I've always admired it in other people, but I've never had it for myself. And I just sort of had thought, this isn't for me. I'm in great shape incredible endurance. I'm a long distance runner. I eat really well. I live a very healthy lifestyle. And I'm like, it's just maybe not my jam. Like, I'm just not going to know what it will ever be to have arms that are defined. And we're sitting around and I asked him because his arms are cut. And I was like, just out of curiosity, you know, you know me, you know how I live. I feel like I'm pretty regimented. If I really wanted to have defined arms, do you think I could have that? And he was like, absolutely. And I was like, okay, well then why don't I? And he very casually said something that like rocked my world. He was like, oh, well, first of all, just know that as a woman, you're just going to have more fat in certain areas, especially like around your breasts and different things. That's just the way that it is. He's like, that's number one. But number two, if you actually wanted to get to a place where your arms were more defined, it's going to take six months. And I was like, what? He's like, yeah, it'll take you six months, six months of work, six months of doing arm workouts, like multiple times a week, focusing on different muscles, doing different things, that's going to take six months. And I was like, like a little like piece of my brain exploded. And I just sat with that. I've never had someone tell me that. And maybe some of you are like physical trainers or fitness people or whatever. And you're like, that's BS. You can have cut arms in two weeks. I don't know. That's what I had always heard. I had always heard that like you're gonna go to the gym and you're gonna work out and all of a sudden your body's gonna change. Nobody had ever told me, expect six months. And he told me that and it completely shifted the way I work out. I no longer expected to see results. I did, honestly, I didn't expect to see results at all. I just thought, okay, I'm gonna keep doing strength training and I'm going to be conscious of what I'm doing. And I'm really going to put effort into this area of my body. And I'm going to check back again in six months. That was three months ago. And I cannot believe what my arms look like. Now, for what it's worth, my arms still don't look like any supermodel. They don't look like any fitness influencer. They don't look like those girls. I'm not trying to look like those girls. I'm just trying to see what could be. My arms have definition that I literally did not know they could have. And it it just sort of showed up one day. And the more that I keep consistently working out my arms, not expecting fast results, the better they keep looking. And not only that, but when I first started, I was doing bicep curls with eight pound weights and I'm up to 12 and a half. Like I worked from eight to 10 to 12. And a, like I'm getting stronger. I can hold things for longer. I, can, like, I feel so much stronger in my upper body and it's having not just an effect on my arms, but like I'm seeing an effect. Like I feel like my boobs are more perky. It's a really silly thing but it's not. I had never had someone tell me that it was going to take six times longer than I thought it was supposed to take. So my entire adult life, I would go work out. And when I didn't see results in a couple of weeks, I just give up and go like, well, that's not for me because I didn't understand that I should have been looking for short-term wins Like, oh, hey, did you get your workout in today? Fantastic. Oh, hey, did you do two more reps than you did the other day? Oh my gosh, that's amazing. Oh my gosh, did you upgrade from eight pounds to 10 pounds? That's fantastic. Like that was a huge mindset shift for me and it is making all the difference. And now that it's making all the difference, I'm like, oh my gosh, where else in my life am I doing this? Where else in my business am I doing this? Is there anywhere else where I am playing the short game when I should be playing the long game. And I think that this is a lie that makes us quit. It's a lie that makes us give up on what it is we're doing. I want you to think right now of the goal that you're working on, whatever that is for you. And I want you to say in your mind, how long do you think it'll take before you start to see results? a month, six months, a year, now do this, multiply by four. If you think it's going to take a month, it's going to take four. If you think it's going to take a year, it's going to take four, right? Think in those terms and then go, okay, holy hell, if I'm playing that kind of game, if I'm playing for that long of a pace, well, how would I change what I'm doing? how would I be more thoughtful about my customers? How would I be more intentional with the clients that I have? Like, if I really want to be in this for the long haul, if I really want to see these results, well, then I'm also not going to beat myself up in any given day because what happens in a day is not as important as what happens in a month. And what happens in a month is not as important as what happens in a year. Here's a perfect example in my business is the podcast. This podcast, thank you guys so much, is really successful. But in the summertime, every single year, the numbers drop. It just is. Y'all go on vacation. You're out living your best lives. Maybe you're not as interested in a podcast episode about motivation. If I got freaked out every single July when the numbers drop a little bit, then I would make Terrible decisions that don't look at the course of an entire year. Because what I know is that January, February, and March, I'm going to do higher numbers in those three months than I will in all three months of the summer, multiplied by four. So if I can look at the whole picture, if I can even step back and go, okay, what does this look like in five years? What does this look like in 10? It changes the way I approach now. It keeps me calm. It keeps me centered. It keeps me grounded. It keeps me putting in those reps. It keeps my momentum going. It keeps me showing up because I'm not expecting to snap my fingers and getting a result. I'm expecting to make myself strong enough so that when the results start to come, whenever that is, I'm ready for what that world looks like. Guys, I hope today's episode was helpful for you. I hope you got a little nugget. I'm gonna ask you, if you dug this, if you know someone who you think will dig it too, will you just share it? Share it with an entrepreneur you know, share it on your social media, but get the word out that there's some good motivation to be had or a thought to share. I am on tour with a podcast right now. If you wanna get some of this motivation live and in person, go to the show notes, check out which cities I'm coming to next. And until the next episode, remember, I love you and I'm rooting for you. The Rachel Hollis Podcast is produced by me, Rachel Hollis. It's edited by Andrew Weller and Jack Noble.